Hello, this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And this is Two Teachers Talking, a podcast where Tony and I get together and talk about teaching and how we approach it, um, aspects from our daily lives as teachers. And today we're working on podcast number 32. 32. We've done 32 of these podcasts. Basically every other week, right, Tony? <laughs> We've done 31. We've done 31. We're doing 32. And hi, I'm going to be your math teacher. <laughs> We've done 31 of these going on 32 now. And today is, I, you know, Tony, I don't even know how to name this one, but we're talking about that dreaded period that's right before grades, like about two weeks before the semester ends where I look at the paper, the massive papers I have to grade and enter, and whether or not um, the real fear is whether or not the grading system I set up for use for the class is actually going to work. <laughs> well, now that you've just raised my anxiety level and my blood pressure, I also fear you given the impression that we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, no, I think I know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> Well, you don't I know. know I'm, I know. I'm talking about what I don't know. What I'm talking about. What yeah. I mean. I, I think you know. We, we've. No it's, well, it's that. It's that. It's that part of the semester, right? It is the big two weeks to go for those people who are not in Japan, basically, right? The yeah, end. It's yeah. It's the uh, yeah with this big looming blob of work approaching, and it's a big cloud. Right. And we've and, talked about it before, how you set up your spreadsheets and how you set up your grades and with the syllabus and the importance of, you know, following through on that. But yeah, and the little details of it are, you know, are there and we, we talked about that, but there's no way to accurately describe this big mass of anxiety tasks <laughs> that are intertwined and max and the known and unknowns and expected and unexpected. Uh, it's um, yeah, it, it is something to raise your blood pressure <laughs> and anxiety. Yeah, for me, I think one of the biggest problems when that raises my blood pressure also just kind of puts my um, anxiety level up is that I'll start putting the grades in um, or I'll start noticing the patterns in the grades and realize, uh oh, the, the way that I've designed the grades to be figured out is not working. And, you know, I'll know enough of the students at this point to know that, wait a second, the student who really has not put in much effort for some weird reason is getting a really high score. And the kid who's student who's done a lot of work is not getting much and the grade distribution is not right. Things are jamming up on one side. And I'm like, oh, God, I've got to spend hours tweaking the what is it? My formula. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's always a formula at the end, isn't there? that you want you however complex or simple it might be oh the simpler ones are the best <laughs> everybody gets an a everybody <laughs> by well, the way you go no you go with the the, the five prong approach right you take your stack of papers in the living room and you make five piles this is an a this is a b this is a c and this is a d and this is a fail this is a plagiarize and that's it you do five five piles and you're done you know well look at the picture this is a this is a b this is a c <laughs> this is a d and Grading is done. Well, I've, I've seen... And there's the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everybody. And we'll be talking to you for episode number 33, which is how our grading system failed us. <laughs> but I, I've seen that where uh, teachers, when they were turning in the grade sheets, uh, and I've looked over and, you know, somebody's got like all 85, 75, 65s, mm -hmm. which kind of is weird to me because... 
I've never gotten that. I mean, I always have, you know, between 60 and 69, I'll have 62, 64, 67. But as we've talked about before, if the grade's just a C, what difference does it make? But some schools mm. are different. But mm. I'm, I'm mainly, you know, at that time where I got a lot of work and massaging to do. Mm-hmm. But also, unlike most years, this is actually the first time that I haven't entered my grades daily or weekly into the computer, religiously into my spreadsheets. It's the first time in I don't know how many years, must be 10 or 12 years, just for a variety of reasons that this came up. But I now have stacks of papers that I'm going to have to enter. And Tony, you were mentioning that you have an approach to, you actually think that that's actually works out better in the long term. It, it can if you're set up for it. And, and I think generally at this point of the year, I think whether we're talking about specifically what we're about to talk about or we're talking about something in general, I think it's helpful to um, think backwards and realize, you know, okay, what is your final product going to be? Um, yeah, is is all you're doing is submitting a letter grade or do they want a numerical grade? And does, does it make a difference? Um, is it going to be put in online? Is it going to be put on a piece of paper? Work your your workflow, for lack of a better word, backwards from that so that you are going to work toward that specific goal. And here, where you and I both uh, work with uh, spreadsheets, I've, um, in the past, and I, I will talk a little bit later on, I think about all the different kinds of grading you can do for many different kinds of classes and different you know, assessment tasks and, and so forth and so on. But working with the spreadsheets where you have... Um, a list of student names, and they're sorted either by student number or by names, depending on on what you're doing. Uh, if you find yourself in a situation where you haven't put in grades all semester long, you you might find that it's actually more efficient that way if you organize the student work that you've got to mirror the order of your spreadsheet. So, for example, if your spreadsheets are organized by student number, you take the papers or tests or homework assignments or whatever they might be, sort them by in the same order, by student number, and then just go from student to student putting in the grade for homework student 1, homework one. 2, test 1, test 2, test 3 across, and then you go to student number 2. And bam, 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 bam. So instead um, of the usual way I do it, which would be where you go student through the student number one, list student for number each two, assignment, student number three for each assignment, you're saying just go through, and you think that that's easier. I think it's faster because you're only going through the student list once. You're putting in any number three, four, five, six grades for each student, but that's fast. Um, rather than going up and down the student list each time for each assignment, so uh, you're going. I, it, it takes less time. So you're actually just you're saying that going across in rows is better than working down up and down in columns. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to try. I guess I will be trying that this semester. <laughs> yeah. Usually I um I do it by assignment, right? As soon as the assignment comes in at the end of the day, I'll go back to my office and I'll just enter those and I'm done. So this will be interesting. I think I'll try that and then I can get back to you. Yeah, yeah. Because it works best for me in the classes where uh, each student has a, a sheet, and on that sheet is re- represent you know represents 
all of their work, basically. Now, whether, whether it's a homework assignment, whether it's in-class task, whether it's a, a test, oh, either written or something, it's yeah. on one sheet. And, it, you know, they're, they're marked in different ways. They're, they might be color-coded. It might be a letter grade. It might be hash marks. might be pluses. And on that one sheet, then we'll have five different kinds of grades. And with that one sheet, then, is one student, one grade, grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, next sheet, next student. Uh, okay, so you have a record sheet where you maintain the record of the student on that paper. For whereas, some for some, some classes. Whereas for me, almost 100% of everything is a separate sheet for each student, for each Yeah, but you can, you can still separate. You can just group those sheets by student. Mm. It doesn't need to be one sheet of paper. It could be four no, sheets of paper. That's what I'm going to try. Sorted I'm, by students, yeah. yeah. Usually I've always just, you know, I've... I you know spread the papers out, put them into order, and then I'll do assignment one, assignment two, I'll enter it. But this year, I'll, it's an extra step because what I'll have to do is I'll have to gather the columns together. But mm. it might be, there might be less error, possibly. Possibly. It might be easier to check. Did I say that there was error? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always what error. About that? We're, we're human what, beings. Yeah, what we're going yeah. to screw up. Yeah, we're going to screw up. Speak for yourself, Tony, especially about the human being part. (laughs) (laughs) But right, you know the that's an interesting way to go about it. And I'm wondering what other ways people have of doing things because, interestingly enough, how I grade and how I set that up is usually not something I talk about with other teachers in a teacher's room. Mm. It doesn't. No one. No one. No one cares. As we slowly drift away for episode number 33 again. Well, I think there's that, we're talking about the anxiety. There's something about grading that I feel really removes me from my role as an educator and teacher. And makes me feel more of a, what's the word I'm looking for, or the phrase I'm looking for? Of someone who's just judging students, because I have to judge them. I hate the grading because it's hmm. not – it doesn't have any – you know, when I come up with the final semester grade, hmm. there's really almost no feedback after that. The student gets the grade, and it's really for their transcript. Hmm. But I don't know what actual educational benefit it really will play for most of them because if a lot of them get Bs, they're happy, right? Hmm. So I hate that part. It's very different from grading a paper or giving feedback on an assignment that, you know, the student maybe can run with it afterwards. But the final grade is just, seems almost a formality in a way. Mm. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I It, it doesn't bother me so much. And I think of it um, almost, not quite, not, I don't, don't really, feel, I mean, not quite, but I almost, there's an element in there that I'm kind of grading myself it's a chance for me to see how I have performed as well as the student, like looking at the whole class and seeing what they were able to do, what they weren't able to do. You compare the different classes, their performance, different ways. You know, get a class average in this, class average on that, the distribution and so forth. It's like, mm, what, what accounts for this? Did I do something different? Did I do something that I could have done differently? So um, I don't... I don't put too much stock into the grade at all, either as an evalu- evaluation of the student or myself. But it's just another little, um, another bit of data to just throw on the 
throw into the pile and might be able to you know tell me something yeah i I understand that as long as the classes are somewhat comparable Mm. Uh, for example i know one place that i've taught where the the class was named the same it had the same name but the levels Mm. were really different and Uh in one uh period you have really high level students and another you have students who have not performed so well in english but you're expected to use the same textbook Mm-hmm. And because it's the same class, naturally, you will try to synchronize them as much as possible mm-hmm. in terms of where you are. And you know, how do you grade that? Right. And this is part of the anxiety again. You know, mm-hmm. should I give A's in the class that's higher level and the other class, which has basically done the same work, the highest grade there is a B. I mean, it just it brings up not just problems in grading systems but problems in my fair in how fair i am and how equitable how well i've thought things through so in the sense where you talk about that it lets you actually do a self-evaluation for mm-hmm. me it's a more of an uncomfortable self-evaluation of wait after all these years i still struggle with this question mm-hmm. what is wrong with me you know ha- can't i figure out some justifiable rational logical fair system that I can apply in all cases to all classes to all students, and it's uniformly equitable. Ha! Sorry, <laughs> I'm dreaming. Yeah. That's yeah. The answer to that question would be no. No, the the answer to that question would be like a guffaw or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. It just can't be done, and I think that's maybe why it's so irritating for me. No, it's a the the whole question of you know evaluation. It 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 can't be reduced to you know strictly an objective thing and still be fair well you know maybe maybe the best way is that you measure where somebody comes in you baseline them on a TOEFL or TOEIC or something and then they take another TOEFL or TOEIC some standardized test at the end of the semester and that's what you use right you could do there that are people who argue for that mm-hmm. right if it's you know and that, yeah if, if that's what if that's enough, what they're you know the grades are intended to be then then that's fine right or I get the issue you remember my um i talked to you about the majide student we talked about this sure sure um, and again for those if you don't know majide means really but it's a very slangy expression that student has just turned around yeah congratulations right so mm-hmm. and is really working hard and is nice. wor- doing a lot of hard work on their final presentation asking me a lot of questions but if i were to objectively measure them as to how well they're they've done on let's say quizzes or other scores there's very, you know, little that would show up. Mm. So, no, Charles, we really like this painting, but you didn't use enough blue, so we're going to have to give you a B. How did you know I used too much? <laughs> Wait a second, I'm not a painter. I have absolutely zero artistic Well, that's the thing, ability. though. I mean, it's, it's like language, you know, performance language. It's, 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 there's so many parameters, and so many can get measured, and some are immeasurable. <laughs> and that's, I think, a large part of what we're struggling yeah, with. Yeah, it's, it's that anxiety, which is... It's uh, not math where you get the right answer. You don't. I mean, language skills are a little bit more complex yeah, to yeah. evaluate. Yeah. And I think part of it also goes with where what kind of program you're working in. And, oh, you know, this, again, you know, brings us back to what is the context in which I'm grading? Yeah. Right? And I know I set my classes up. But most places, unless you're in a really coordinated program that has its rubrics and has a very clear way of grading, which has its good points and bad points, as we've kind of discussed before, Mm -hmm. 
But at least in a coordinated program, you have a context in which to judge how, you know, your grading mm -hmm. system and mm -hmm. how to balance. And I've, I've worked places where they say, look, the participation score is a 10% judgment by the teacher. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's, you're free to do that. But other... oh, and it greatly simplifies things. Right. Now, what's the value though for things being simplified for the teacher? Well, this it reduces this anxiety that we're talking about because we we can just offload all that responsibility on, on other factors and say, well, this is my 10%. And I'm constrained this way. And it's only 10%, so I don't need to be that careful. It doesn't make that much of a difference. Um, I can be a little more cavalier about it, and it's like, you know, not my problem. Right. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's... I mean, I, you know, I'm taking, you know, playing devil's advocate there a little well, bit. That would be that's, a first. I mean, that's a big part. That's a big part of it, right? I mean, it's like that's the advantage is that it doesn't. Um, it takes a lot of weight of that responsibility off of the grading. However, in in that kind of context, um, you also then have to gauge what your what responsibility you want to assume for their performance. For example, on the uh, standardized tests or other standardized evaluation that they're undergoing. Yeah. Is that, you know, is that how much of that is the student and how much of that is you? And how much is what, if you, if you want to think about it, right. Which a lot of people don't, but this is where I think why we have a lot of the, uh, the anxiety or the, yeah. the uncomfortableness. And I'm actually yeah. wondering too, to kind of change it slightly is that it's right around this period too, where, I get the teacher evaluation packets <laughs> and um, <laughs> you can grade them based on how they evaluate you. That's one way to do it. Yeah. Well, we're not allowed to see them, right? You're supposed to be out of the room and stuff, but you get them back later. I, after, most the grades, my, well, after the grades, oh, I get mine before I get a lot of times I get them before. Really? I have yeah, never I, I got mine back already for one school that, well, most of the schools I work at, the policy is that you will not see them until your grades have been finalized and cannot be changed. Mm. So, which I think is fair in a way. Mm. Well, it's, it's interesting. This school um, gets it back to the teacher, and they encourage you to discuss the results with your class. Well, that has a lot of positive benefits. Mm. Talk to your classes with. Well, them. yeah. Just think about it. a radical idea. <laughs> let's a radical, let's, a radically. Let's good let's talk idea. with our students about what we're doing here. Or let's say <laughs> what, you're going to what's, what's working, what's not, what's good, what's not. How can we make this better? Yeah. Let's. Gee. <laughs> well, on the flip side of that, then you should issue your grades the week before class is finished, so you can discuss them with your students as well. Mm -hmm. That would be. See, that's the other thing. How many students come to talk to you about the grade mm. after you've issued the grade? So it's really questionable. So, you know, this is this whole end of semester evaluation period where we're evaluating them, they're evaluating us. And interestingly enough, nobody's evaluating administration. Well, there's usually not much need. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I mean, still is that really necessary? <laughs> yes, because I would really like to bubble. <laughs> it would be nice to reward. It would like to nice to be able to reward the the admins that are do, really doing that it. Are right. working right? The ones that are really doing it right. Mm. But it's an interesting, interesting situation in that you know here is this evaluation period that is just beginning, wrapping up the semester looking at what I've done, how well I've done it. Um, 
giving students some kind of feedback. They're giving me some kind of feedback. But then there's a whole realm of people who don't get any feedback. And they have a pretty big impact on my life. And it the service ranges over a wide scale. So I know I'm kind of getting off the beaten path, but it's a question as to how do we want to approach this whole project, right, which is what education is. It's not, is it these separate units, you know, how we evaluate students, how we evaluate teachers, or, but it's, I'm wondering, you know, how does it all tie together? And, you know, it's, again, that's part of the anxiety. It's not that I feel like I'm not grading students. It just starts raising these questions to me. And I start getting sidetracked and distracted. And then it's like, okay, that was 10 minutes of just staring at the screen where <laughs> I could have been entering data and, you know, moving myself forward to getting my grades done. I don't know. And, and then I go back and say, well, if that's the case, then how important are the students' grades? And, you know, I know they're important, but what should I do? How do I do it right? And then again, my brain drifts back to, well, you know, what about the people I want to evaluate who <laughs> and it goes back and forth? I don't know. I don't know. So you know, it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe in a certain way, it's hard because it represents the dilemma of teaching in so many different ways. It There's a difference between dealing with the grading, which is how you have to actually quantify and qualify 14, 15 weeks of teaching and interaction with 30 young people in your class versus the beginning of the semester where you're really, or the before when you're doing your syllabus and you're really thinking through what is it that I want to teach? What is it that I want to accomplish? And I don't feel a connect between the grades that much. And Maybe again, that's a, should we rename this episode the anxiety of teaching? Well, we didn't name it because we don't even know because we just <laughs> didn't know what we were, we're talking, talking about. about. I still don't know what we're talking about. I feel like yeah. I'm rambling, but uh, well, I think maybe maybe part of the this anxiety is maybe we're kind of looking at the wrong end of the horse. Is that maybe um, it, this is possibly a, a result of maybe not have done having done a better job of setting up the assessment criteria at the beginning and if we had set up yeah hypothesizing you know, set up tasks that when graded or when you know when the, the student work was evaluated if the grade that was given and each of those tasks or assignments was a true reflection of whatever it is that we're trying to measure, you know, some combination of performance and effort or, 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 um, if those things that we had to ask the students to do are truly reflective of what we're trying to measure, then theoretically this anxiety at the end of the semester would be, if not totally absent, it'd be kind of minimized. Well, you're talking about rubrics, right? For each assignment. Hmm. Right, real evaluation criteria for each assignment, hmm. and that works if I think if it's task based. I mean, we kind of do that with you can do that I think with writing, okay? But how do you do that with speaking activities? That's where it gets really immensely. Well, it gets difficult. it gets hard, but it's not it's not impossible. But it's to squishy. Do. It's squishy. It's, it's well, gooey. It's very squishy. It's very gooey. I don't know. Do you remember? For, I think for our generation, you grew up in Chicago. I grew up in L.A. Um, that says everything. And 
Do you remember like you could get you for every subject you would get a letter grade and then there would be like a um what was it an effort or kind of grade? Did you guys have that? In elementary school, we, uh, early grades, we I, we, I remember something, something like that. Like Do you remember, that. like you would yeah, get like an like, A? There was always oh, an effort grade, and there was a some. There was like there was like a whole series of grades. Right. What right? was the subject like, grade? Like how well you did in the subject, and then there was an effort grade, and then there was something else, like an improvement or something like that. You know, and in a certain way, you know, it would be nice, and it would be more work, but in a certain way, it would be much fairer for the students, don't you think? Where you could give like a ninety and like a. Effort grade would be minus, you know, it would be plus zero, you know, yeah, neutral yeah. minus. You just go, look, the kid got a 92, but he didn't do any work. You know, he spent two years in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, no, this kid got a 60, but, hey, this kid really worked hard. That would really, I think, you know, help people evaluate students much more, but it, it would be really, you know, more work. But in certain ways, because I have to incorporate that into my grade. How do I deal hmm. with the kid, you know? Yeah, how do you translate all that into a number? Right, you know, because that's why we always have the participation component built into the class. Mm-hmm. But it's really true. I mean, what do you do about a student who does all the work and happens to have really high English ability because they went to an international school or they lived overseas and it was zero effort? And just based on the way the assignments are set up, they accomplished, they, they were able to do all the assignments, but they didn't put in very much effort. Mm. Of course, then the student shouldn't be in your class, right? Mm. Or something. So, I don't know. I think, again, yeah, well, another example of anxiety, because it happens every year. Yeah, and, it, and it's huge. And there's there's factors that just come out of nowhere. Some of them are predictable. Some of them are repeatable. They come back. You, 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 new ones are thrust upon you. There's individual students who um, don't fit the slots that you've created, the, the, the you know conditions that you anticipate, and you know they don't fit. You don't know what to do and what the grade should be. It's a, yeah, very hard. Is it that? And you go through the whole thing. We talked about like having the totally objective evaluations, like a, a you know a test score. Mm-hmm. Um, one could also argue go the other extreme. And just have it totally subjective, where you put, you look at the kid, and you all these factors you just talked about, that in your without any hard data in front of you, you say, okay, well, this kid made really great progress and tried really hard, and I'm going to give him a grade of, bang, whatever it might be, and then you go to the next kid and say, okay, this kid did this and that, but but but, bang, and they get that grade. Would it be any less fair? I yeah, don't know. But- there's the anxiety again, right? Yeah. Is that after all these years of teaching, I go through the same thing that over and over and over again. And I'm always at the same place, which is which would be the fairer system. Yeah. Right? And yeah, well, that, I don't, I how don't long know have you been get, teaching? Yeah. How long have you been teaching? 20 some years. Okay. Like and you're one of the people I know who spends a lot of time thinking about teaching. Yeah. That's why we do this podcast on, on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think I spend a reasonable amount thinking about teaching and the different, mm. you know, why I'm teaching and who I'm teaching and try to figure it out. And I find that I can justify my 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 philosophy, my attitudes. But you know, when it comes to grades, it's just this big ugly mess that just seems to defy a fair and approach that works under all circumstances Mm. and that's why i hate it i 
Well, I think everybody hates it. I sure as hell hate it. Um, it's hard. It's hard work, and it's um, it's hard to be yeah, fair. It's hard to be fair, and there's no real definitive guidelines for this these kinds of decisions that we have to make. But what's troublesome is there's a I don't know if I can say this fairly. It's it's this is a perception I have that if you quantify your grades and all your grades are quantified and you use a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet kicks out the grade that's fairer than trying to adjust for each student as an individual and take into account a wider range of factors mm, it depends on what the, what contributed to those numbers i mean it gives you certainly gives the appearance of fairness and it, and it gives you quote unquote objective uh, reasons for the grade that gets spat out, uh, but depending on what those numbers mean initially, I mean that you know garbage in, garbage out. Um, it depends. It, uh, yeah, it, it could be fair, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's necessarily fair, and and, and that's the conundrum. Okay, so when you said garbage in, garbage out, make that concrete for me. Um, Using one of your examples, not one of mine. <laughs> but um, let's see. Let, let's go. Let's go to an extreme. Um, let's say that uh, a, a teacher uh, gives grades based on uh, students memorizing dialogues, and uh, if you uh, your task during the semester is to memorize and recite. Uh, 10 dialogues and you do all 10, you get an A, you do eight, you get a B, do six, you get a C and, and so forth. Okay. And there you go. You look at your spreadsheets. Okay. Well, you did what? Well, did, did this one, this one, this one. Okay. That one's a C, this one's a B. Okay. Um, and based on the criteria, yeah, absolutely. Well, this student did 10, this student did six. Um, it's very clear the student gets an A, the student gets a C. Uh, does, mem does having memorized more dialogues or shown up to recite those dialogues uh, mean that the student learned more, worked harder? Eh? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Right. Maybe not. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just what I'm thinking now is that I haven't done that in a long time. That kind of, um, you know, if you complete a task. Right, then... task-based things. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll go another way. So, for example. Well, that's completion-based, um, isn't it? Right. A, a writing class. A writing class where students um, have a final writing, write an essay, whatever, three paragraphs, five paragraphs, essay. And then you go through the essay and um, you give a grade based on... Does each paragraph have a topic sentence? X number of points. Uh, did the student use punctuation properly? Another X number of points. And you can have a, a, a paper, an essay, that meets all those criteria, and it may be 100%, and could be totally unreadable. Mm. Um and, and conversely, you can have something like a really wonderfully structured arguments, um, really catchy introduction, brilliant conclusion, imagination in presenting the argument, and you know, 
not indent the paragraphs. <laughs> I mean, the first line of the paragraph. I mean, whatever that you and and get a, a C or a D for for a brilliant piece of work. Yeah, it, garbage in, garbage out. So how what 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 how those tasks or assignments or tests are constructed, how well they reflect what you're trying to measure, then. Yeah, you can you can base your grade entirely on those. I don't know that anyone's got that kind of confidence in the tests that they make or the how you evaluate whatever task that they're doing or what product they're submitting. Um, I don't. <laughs> and so, hence the anxiety. <laughs> yes, the anxiety. Well, it's so maybe so maybe this is maybe this is unsolvable. Maybe we can maybe think about things that maybe make this easier. Well, like for example, um, you know, having a well-stocked liquor cabinet. So that <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the grading season, make sure that you've got enough of your favorite beverages to get you through. Um, but I mean, more <laughs> we talked before about spreadsheets and things. But like, like we talked, about, I, I like example, this topic much more. <laughs> <laughs> but what like, do for you example, stop? Um, what is in your liquor cabinet? I don't even talk have about a liquor um, you know the, the physical setup of our, our offices or desks or wherever that we do the grades. We talked about like sorting papers, right? Okay, it's like yeah, have some space where you can spread the stuff out. And, you know, give yourself a little bit of space, even if you got to, like, you know, use your bed. I don't. Um, go. But this is the problem that also is anxiety driving or driving me crazy. I think Daniel Kahneman in his book, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow, or, um, or someone, I just I forgot exactly who. It was a study of judges decision-making regarding parole. Do you know about this? No. And that judges who ate before making decisions <laughs> regarding... Guess what? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 exactly. Judges who ate before... <laughs> whether or not you ate before making parole decisions had an effect on the parole decision, how the judge responded. Yeah, well, we're surprised about that. But I'm trying to but say the, is that... There's a whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If and that's this is the case... The, God knows, you know, that, that's, that's why when you talked about how your desk is set up, right? Right. You know, how comfortable is your work area? Is that having an effect on yeah, your Yeah, if you're going to assign your grades in a, in, a, in a crowded, dark, hot room, that's really going <laughs> to affect your grades because you're not going to want to be there. You're going to dread going in. You're going to go in there with a bad attitude, and you're going to make decisions with that mind, uh, mindset. Right. And it, yeah, and it's going to make a difference. Yeah. Um, one silly little practical thing that I try always to do, and I'm pretty good with my time, um, and so I, I try to get things done early and give myself enough time, is that just like with my personal professional writing, uh, the same thing with my grades. I'll do my grades, and then I'll you know I'll close up the spreadsheet and put it put it to sleep and let it let it sit for a day or two and then look at them again and see if they make sense because i i will I, I will try very hard not to just do my grades and ship them off um i'll always try to look at them at least a second time because yes all those things yeah whether you know whether you've had a meal whether you've got a headache whether you've just had a fight with somebody close 
um, that can make a huge <laughs> difference in the grades you're giving. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point because I do the same thing. Mm. I never just finish my grades from the spreadsheet, transfer them into, let's say, a grade sheet that I'm submitting or you know entering into the computer. And it's, never, and it's funny never. how often you change, huh? I mean, I'm surprised at how often I change grades on that, on that second look. I don't know how often I change grades, but I will notice patterns or I will mm. tweak little mm-hmm. things. I think tweaking is, is probably the best way to describe it is I'll say, oh, you know, that kid got a 69. This other student got a 68. No, no, that student actually did do B work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, but that's, you know, uh, that's the disadvantage, though, of also leaving the grades around is that I always have problems with students who score 69, 79 and 89. Mm-hmm. You know, do mm-hmm. I move those up to 90, 80, you know, do I bump it up one because it's so close? But I think that's a really good idea. And I think probably this year what I will do is I will recreate the exact same conditions for when I grade because even when you're entering grades mm. into a spreadsheet there's always some massaging because there's no way that i the grades will come out properly in other words my, dis- what, yeah, my whatever distribution that means, of grades right? yeah. will, will not be a will not be a perfect you know distribution in the way or the, the perfect distribution that i want mm-hmm. but i know that for this is one of the reasons why I I drill my students, especially anytime they're giving me written assignments, especially for papers. I need your papers to all look exactly the same, because mm. if you don't format it properly, it's going to create a negative impression in me. Right? I keep telling them there should you can't have a spelling mistake in your title, because it's <laughs> it's going to have a negative effect on how I read the rest of your paper. So. I think I'll see what. Do they get that? Do they get it? Most of them do because I. Mm. They think that you know, <laughs> they think I'm so uptight because <laughs> I drill them with formatting, formatting, mm. formatting. But I explain to them, and some of them get it. They understand that I'm trying to, you know, have no personal um, identifiers that would affect the way I grade your paper. I want to grade it according to the rubric, and I. But you know, there's only you know, even then is. Are the arguments logical and effective, right? That's a common enough measurement for a paper, but it's pretty subjective. Mm-hmm. And if oh, I was just going to say, it's like effective, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Is it you know is the is my is that an effective? According measure? to who, old man? Wait, there's kind of a redundancy there. We're kind of getting into a loop. Is that an effective way to measure effectiveness in a paragraph, right? But yeah. a lot of it is trying to remove any emotional or psychological um, variation that might affect the grading. But I just use that example again about eating lunches. I would never have put that together. Mm. Right, that eating lunch affects a parole decision, mm. and I'm wondering what are the thousand of other variables that are affecting my grading decision. Oh, sure. I mean, I can tell if I'm, as you said, you know, if you're had a bad day or you're angry or you're upset, that's definitely not the time to grade. But then, so okay, I'm feeling pretty happy right now. I think I'll grade. No, grading will bring me down. <laughs> I don't want to lose my rare moments of happiness. <laughs> So it's it's this is why I think it's every year it's the same thing, is that mm. we get more information to understand how our grading is to a high degree really subjective, 
not as yeah. organized as efficient as rational as I think it is. So yeah, and it's it's, it's I think it's I think that's that's very very true, and, and that's true because of us, the teachers, the the quote unquote judges. But I, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the, the nature of what we're trying to teach, and what we're trying to evaluate is itself is is use it we're squishy. Yeah. It's um it's 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 language, right? And it and that's it's always hard to reduce that's why, you know, um artificial intelligence is difficult. That's why computer translation is difficult. Um because it's it's very human. It's and it is squishy. Um language is and um yeah, trying to reduce it to a, a number between zero and a hundred is always gonna be a pain. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think it's ever going to be easy. Well, that's one of the reasons why I really support pass fail for mm. general English education courses. Mm. I mean, I don't think most people are looking at those grades when um, students are being employed unless they're working at a company. But then you have the measure. You have the TOEIC or TOEFL measure of a student. Mm. So, and but at the same time, I you know, so you want to. I want to give that. Sometimes I want to give that gold star. <laughs> Some, I mean, yeah, you know, it's like it's a, it's a you know the kid who really you know busts his or her tail, um, really tries hard, asks questions, really I mean, performs wonderfully, submits excellent work. It's like you know, all I can give you is a pass. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like, oh man, yeah, I want, I want to, I want to, you know, ah, I know, and all I can give you is an A. But I understand that. All I can give you is a pass. But, you know, and then I feel really bad about the flip side of that. Those the kid who does exactly that but doesn't turn in excellent work. Mm. But is really trying, doing their best. And they're learning. They're learning about the language. Mm. But when it's measured and evaluated, it comes out as a C-. minus, mm-hmm. Even though the kid is communicating and, you know, it's the squishiness of it, right? But then I feel really bad giving the kid a C and somebody sure. else gets a, a B plus or an A minus because they can cruise. And again, I'm not here to argue which system's best, but to explain, right, our goal of explaining why we dread this period, right? Mm. This is part well, what, of the dread, uh, yeah. right? This existential right. dread of like, oh, God, the general unfairness and inequitability of this whole process is just... That's what's so despairing for me. That's why I hate it, is that ugh, I feel bad. There's a the kid. I'm going to give a kid a grade, okay? And the kid's going to get a C, and it's going to break my heart. Mm. But I'm going to have to give the kid the C. You know, right? It's just mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. And then there's the other kid who's going to get an A, for example, and that's going to break my heart as well. i got to give this kid an A, but the kid really doesn't deserve it. Ugh! I hate that. I hate, You know, so these are all... I guess, you know, the squishiness just becomes so real, right? We can't ignore it anymore. Hmm. Anyway, that's why I despair of this time. <laughs> that's hence the liquor cabinet. Uh, I think for me, it turns into playing really silly computer games. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else? Uh, what, I mean, but other things that, you know, okay, we, I don't think there's any way around that you know that's always going to be hard but there's all kinds of other things that we can do to make it a little bit i mean that part we can't improve or make better i don't think but other things we can i could probably go on anti-depression medicine 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the liquor cabinet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I call it. But um, I mean, other things you talked about the judges and the and the lunches and, and things. But things like, for example, you're working with spreadsheets and things, and you're trying to do it on a on an 11 inch MacBook Air. Good point. Um, Invest. Spend the Neiman. Spend the twenty two thousand. Get a monitor. Get a, yeah, get a monitor. big monitor where you can see, display it all out. They're really cheap. You don't have to get the best. Yeah, and it makes a huge difference. Uh, um, keypad. And while you're, while you're at the store, get a numerical keypad. keypad do right? not do not enter your grades on a uh, on a laptop computer keyboard unless it has a numerical keypad. Out of kindness to yourself and also just error rate. Oh. I mean. Well, I, I can enter. Can't, I can't imagine. But I can enter data blind with a keypad. Right. I, I, but not, 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 not at the top row. But not, right? not yeah. with these. Uh... <laughs> not with the top row. Not with the no, top with the, row. With the keypad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do yourself the so favor. So that, that's a big thing. I said about about the space, you know, get out of your, you know, find a bigger enough space where you can spread out the student work. Um, if that's what you've got, you've got a stack of papers, which I have right now. I'm kind of like in this valley of, of student papers. Uh, piling up around me and things but um yeah i gotta take that out and take over the living room or the kitchen table or even the bed in the bedroom and um get get a little bit of elbow room to breathe and look at this stuff and see what's going on lighting and making sure that your lighting is uh you know enough light that it's it's even that it's the the color temperature that makes you comfortable you, you, you know? want to explain color some, temperature for well some people you know really sensitive to the the green blue fluorescent lights and the flicker of the fluorescent lights um automatically makes them you know very tense other people prefer it you know i i did know somebody who because in the kitchen i had a incandescent bulb or like like a regular regular old screw in light bulb with a, a little bit more of a yellow cast she found it very stressful. She wanted um, a real whitish light, cool, a real light, like a fluorescent light okay. bulb, like they have in Japanese okay, kitchens. Okay, so get a numerical keypad, get a twenty-four inch monitor, so you can see things really well. Um, uh, space, a chair, the chair, the chair, the chair, the, the chair. chair. Get a good chair. Invest in a good chair at your desk wherever you're entering your grades. Be nice to your back and be nice to your students. And, all, of course, all the young teachers there who are in their 30s are going, what are they talking about? Hmm. And all the middle-aged people are kind of going, yes, yeah. a chair, yes, my back, my back, <laughs> my ache. Yes, but no, because exactly, I mean, especially this time of year and what's what's about to come where you're sitting at that computer. For hours. For hours. Oh, man, the chair makes all the difference. All these and things. What, and the light. Uh, eye strain. The, and the, the light, the where chair, your light the space. Is coming the, from. I think the temperature, I mean, God, the, the weather is just awful, right? Right now. Um, yeah. Whatever you do to make yourself comfortable. I mean, some people don't like air conditioning. Fine. Uh, get get the fan that you like, that sounds the way you like, that blows on you the right way, that, that makes you happy. Uh, for the rest of us, you know, crank it down to 20 degrees. Like 16. <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes, you know. Um, all of that, it just... Any little thing like that, it can make that's, it easier that's what for yourself. That research shows with the parole decisions. Yeah, that all those little things are going to have an effect on you. So, whether or not you're comfortable or uncomfortable, just make it consistent. I guess would be the takeaway, right? Yeah. Don't yeah, you know? Yeah. Be comfortable when you're doing something one group of grades, and then be uncomfortable when you're doing the other. 
Yeah, two uh, twofold things. And one, yeah, if you're going to do it when you're uncomfortable and make sure that you're uncomfortable doing them all. But as as your elder, <laughs> I'm telling you, be good to yourself. Make it if you're going to make a choice, do it comfortably. Comfortably, because it's an uncomfortable <laughs> make it, make your task. work environment as comfortable as you can. Right, because it's huge. It's a big. It's a big. Because thing. it's an uncomfortable task. Yeah, I mean, there's some things about you can't change. Take care, be aware of and control the things that you can, and and maximize. Uh, them. And another thing too, I'm going to emphasize too. Make sure you got a backup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we've talked about that, but before, especially but absolutely. With, with your grades, and make sure you're hitting the command S key. Uh, and I want to, or you, or make to, sure uh, that everything is set for automatic saving every few and, minutes. Uh, yeah, and I want to correct you. Um, Sorry, but uh, not not make sure you have a backup. Make sure you have two backups. On site and off site. <laughs> At least two backups. Right. At least yeah, two yeah, backups. Yes, yes. Well, but it's automatic. I mean that. Uh, I just think and that's where again we both use Dropbox, um, a great great piece of software, and it's re- you know reasonably safe. But yeah, you have to have an on site as well as an off site backup in case something happens. But because you will lose. Yeah, there are two, there's there's some, two kinds of people, The day will come. Right? The day will come where you're going to – yeah, the ones who've lost the it ones who will. the ones who will. Yeah, everybody goes through that. So not losing data. So make sure you're backing up. Make sure you're backing up regularly, um, right? Make sure you've got nice, comfortable furniture and nice place to work. And uh, – oh, when you're grading papers, <laughs> wash your hands a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, my wife will not allow me to um, use the dining room table any longer for grading. <laughs> you know, she's just like, nope, 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 nope. And, you know, maybe that's why I always, you know, I'm thinking about it. Maybe that's why I've always gotten sick at the end of the semester. I always thought it was just, you know, my body kind of dying. <laughs> but now I'm beginning to think, wait a second, it's because I'm handling all these papers and my students are sneezing and coughing and wiping their uh, hand, their noses with their hands, you know? Mm, you know, so... Never thought about that no, part. We usually think that, ah, we get... Because you get, tend to get, like, sick at the end of a semester, too. Don't, don't you kind of have... Mm, like, yeah. you get a cold they, or, you know, and, and yeah. during this... But then... It wouldn't make sense because then during the semester you should be getting sick too. Yeah, yeah, you're dealing with the same kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, sometimes I'm just like <laughs> all that paper. So set set yourself up nicely and try to remove as much of variation in your attitude as possible. Any other things? But I'd say the numerical keyboard is really key. I see a lot of people entering grades on a like a standard um, laptop keyboard. Mm. Right. Well, if you're on the train, you got no choice. But yeah, uh, in, in your regular work environment, there's oh. really no excuse for it. I mean, it will save you so much. A time. couple of thousand. Yeah, it saves yeah. you so much time. It's amazing. It saves Sa- saves you time. It makes it more comfortable, and it reduces the errors. And it's going to be more or less stressful because your eye is not moving back and forth from a keyboard to paper. You're basically focusing on the screen. Right, and as you're talking about that, like, like reducing stress, right? We've got enough stress about this other stuff that we talked about in the in the first half. But let's we, maybe there's a lot of that that kind of stress we can't do anything about. But you can do all kinds of stuff about the other things, mm. and it's it's silly not to. Yes, I mean because it's it's right there. Big pot of coffee, or the liquor cabinet. Big pot of coffee and the liquor <laughs> cabinet. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think when I was a student, when I was doing my undergraduate and I had to do, I was, because I was an English major, you'd always have the big papers at the end of the semester or these mm -hmm. outrageous tests, right? That where, you know, you'd, you'd be given a paragraph and you'd have to identify the work or something. And I remember that I'd mm -hmm. always study with a lot of coffee, beer, and Cheez-Its. Hmm. So that was my combination for studying. But yeah, just try to make the environment comfortable and workable and spend some time, you know, setting it up because. Yeah. Yeah. Take a look at it. Take a critical eye, you know, and, and take a look and see, okay, what can you, what can you make better? Ed, what can, how, where, sorry. Yeah. Move things around. You know, just, even just a couple of inches, one way or the other, the height of the chair, the height of the monitor. Um, the, yeah. Yeah. The angle. I mean, small stuff. It's like, you know, move it back and forth, maybe just an inch or two. It's like, well, oh, that makes a really big difference. Really surprised. Um, the music you listen to and what you listen to them on, right? I mean, some pe people's ears are more critical than others, but um, whether it's a pair of speakers or headphones, uh, the type of music that you listen to, all kinds of things can, that can make you more comfortable. It just makes it easier to do a good job. And go to the websites that talk about how to set up an office because mm -hmm. there's going to be stuff you learn that you don't know. For example, I didn't know that you should actually, it's better to have um, a monitor. I, th I I could be saying this backwards, but the mo it's better to have a monitor that's backlit. There's a window with natural light backlighting you as well, so that all the light coming into your eye is not from a monitor, which is not mm -hmm. what I would ordinarily think. Mm -hmm. Right? You think it's the other way around, that have, that's too much light for you, but supposedly that's better for you. And again, the reason I'm mentioning this is that God knows how much of these small things are affecting the grades I'm issuing to my students, mm -hmm. right? And I'm trying to reduce as much of that as possible. So, you know, getting your monitor the right height. Or you know, you know how some people have those little um, things like footrests. Supposedly, mm -hmm. a footrest makes a big difference too for your. No, oh, I have. Yeah, one. does it make a big difference for you in terms? For me, it does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because um, just my yeah, poodle's get, a footrest. You know, sometimes a poodle. De de details here. It's like. Um, yeah, because of the way my desk is, I've got my chair at the top of its height extension. Um, and I'm not a tall guy, so my feet are on the ground, but not quite comfortably. And so, yeah, having that little bit of a footrest, that's about maybe about only three or four inches, seven, eight centimeters. Um, yeah, it makes a huge difference for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we've kind of identified ourselves as middle-aged guys, right, mm. where these things do make a difference. Well, everybody, you know, with, with good luck will become middle-aged. <laughs> and more. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. But, okay, so I don't feel the existential dread I felt as the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing. It's really every year, isn't it? So I think that... Very hard. Yeah, very hard. yeah, yeah. It's just always um, an interesting, I guess, what's the, what's the proverb? Maybe, may you live in interesting times. But I think that's actually yeah. a curse, isn't it? Right? Yes, it is. Quite definitely a curse. Huh. Quite definitely a curse. Yeah, because I, yeah, I'm, I'm awash in that because, you know, we talk about like that general anxiety that we talked about and the difficulty of assigning grades. And for a lot of people, including myself, that's really compounded by the number of different kinds of classes that you teach and you teach at a number of different institutions with different procedures and 
different contexts and different, re, you know, mandated requirements for grading and so forth and so on, whether or not, for example, a final exam is required, or whether it's coordinated or not, whether you're completely on your own, um, whether or not certain things need to be part of the grade and what percentage of the grade they should take, um, if you're sharing a class with somebody else. Um, um, someone in their work week might have any combination of those things, and they're all very different. Different schools, different kinds of students, different kinds of classes. Um, it's incredibly stressful. So whatever you can um, do to calm it down, right, yeah. is going to help yeah. you. Okay. Anything else we want to add to this? Oh, no. My, I, man, my blood pressure's peaking. I'm looking at all this work that I've got to do. So you're doing the same <laughs> thing anxiety. I am. We're doing this podcast. I'm looking around. i got all these, you know, i got these, you know, on, on the left here, I've got 90 reading journals that I've got to go through. On my right, I've got another, from another class, another 25 of those and another 50 tests that need to get graded. That's just, that's just two days of my five, and i too busy to even think about what the other three might involve. Um, yeah, it's just a really, really hard time of the year. Yeah. That's interesting because I think we're both doing the podcast, you know, surrounded by papers, right? Yeah. And I'm just well, looking at them, and they're just – okay. Figure, figuratively and literally. <laughs> I'm in, I am in the valley. I shall fear no evil because I walk through – what is it? I, I walk through the valley of papers to grade <laughs> – <laughs> okay, so yeah, I it's think a, it's a it's a good day to die, I guess. It, where's that from? That's um, Star Wars. No, 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 no. It's not Star Wars. My brother always said it. So therefore, ah, my brother always quotes that. So therefore, it must be some Star Trek Klingon kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, I say Star. I, whatever Star. What was Trek, it? Star Today's Wars, a good day thing. to die. I always yeah, thought. Which I always it, thought tomorrow was. That would be how I would say. <laughs> you, you just like to procrastinate. Uh, right, right, right. But we can talk about that later, okay? <laughs> okay. I think we should wind this baby up. Um, it's Yeah, let's get to work. <laughs> oh, no, let's continue. I'll say. So I do have a few more questions to ask you, Tony. <laughs> You're right. That's a, it's, it's... Yeah, let's attack these piles yeah. and piles. Okay, and piles. so let's go through this. Let's go through our usual ending. I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. Two Teachers Talking at twoteacherstalking.com and two teachers talking at gmail.com. And we are at Skype at Two Teachers Talking. There we and, are. And uh, feel free to contact us and give us some feedback. Let us know. Be curious to see how um, people deal with this issue. Yeah. And again, if you, you've got ideas and input, um, reaction to things that we talked about with grades, because yeah, grades are, you know, it's like the elephant. You get so many different perspectives to look at, the trunk, the tail, the thing. They're talking about totally different things and totally different ways to look at it. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's easy for anybody. Okay. And on that note, I'll say mm. good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and to you, okay, too. Okay, Tony. Be well. See you. Bye.